Mia is a non-diet dietitian who finds the title food and body therapist to better describe what she does as she specializes in helping chronic yo-yo dieters break up with diet culture, learn how to eat intuitively by listening to their bodies, and heal body image struggles through a health at every size approach. She is based in Seattle, where she runs a private practice on the side while working full-time at a university where she has a dual role, half-time as a nutrition counselor in the Student Counseling Center and half-time as a nutrition faculty for the dietetics department. She is passionate about helping women stop the war against their bodies and make peace with food and body to live their full lives. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I know we somewhat covered it in your bio, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about your nutrition philosophy? Yeah. So I recently started using the word anti-diet instead of non-diet because I heard Elise Rush, you know, the one of the intuitive eating original authors say, just like how it's not enough to be non-racist as opposed to anti-racist. It's the same thing with diet. And I was like, oh, that's a really important way to look at it, I felt, because of just how much harm um, dieting can do. So I really truly accept that by heart in that I don't believe that, you know, weight should be in the center of nutrition and health and that it can actually do a lot of harm. And instead to look at, you know, the whole person, um, considering just, you know, so much of the myriad of factors, not just the physical factors, but emotional and mental, and that prioritizing, protecting that healthy relationship with food and body is so, so important. So yeah, I I truly embrace the anti-diet health at every size philosophy in that way. Wow. Yeah, that's really awesome. And it sounds like, you know, you have such a strong belief system in that and that's really beautiful. And so can you talk a little bit about growing your practice and, and building this business through that philosophy? Yeah. So I started my career um, and I still work in that area as an eating disorder dietitian, you know, on a university campus. And I started my practice, my private practice on the side about five years ago. And it was always kind of a side business. You know, I never thought that I would even consider really growing it. And that way it was kind of kept low key. But because I knew that working and helping people develop a healthier relationship with food was something that I really enjoyed. Um, but at the university, you know, I still had to see students for other array of issues, whether that, you know, the traditional MNT. And so I started my private practice to really focus on seeing clients that I truly enjoyed working with. And that was, you know, prioritizing that relationship with food, whether they are on the spectrum of having an actual eating disorder or disordered eating. And so that's how it got started. But it was very low key for, you know, the longest time until the summer that I decided that I wanted to do something more with it. Yeah. And really getting focused on serving that ideal client of yours. Yeah. That's so, yeah, that's so important. So it sounds like you're doing a couple different things. So how do you approach goals in regard to building your business? Yeah. So I think I'm a little bit less type A than most dietitians, (laughs) for better or for worse. Sometimes I wish I could be more organized and have, you know, all my files neatly lined up and have all these beautiful spreadsheets, but I'm not. (laughs) So I embrace that, right? I sometimes have a little bit of like 
you know, it seems like kind of chaos, but those are also surprisingly the moments where maybe I can really kind of zone out and focus on and um, have some creative, you know, juices flowing. And so I am pretty flexible, but what I like to do is create a long-term kind of a roadmap. So it's less about the small, like detailed goals, but the big picture of where do I want to go? So it's more like a vision goal. So I have, you know, a pretty long-term vision goal. I've always had goals for the next year, three years, five years, kind of a thing. And so I see my business in that same way too. And now that I have a little bit more motivation, a lot more motivation to grow my business, um, I've been thinking about, okay, what are my long-term goals with this? And how can I kind of break that down to kind of milestones in between that kind of long-term vision so that I always know what I'm working towards, but I don't have to micromanage myself and hitting every single goal. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said, you know, you kind of keep your eye on the prize, but you have those benchmarks, those mile markers to to get you there, those steps along the way. I think that's super important. But knowing that big picture absolutely is a huge motivator in growing businesses. So was the niche that you have now or is the niche that you have now what you had when you started? I thought so until, you know, in this coaching program, when I started working with Libby and her team, including you, I came into this thinking that I had pretty good clarity. I was like, oh, I know that I want to work with women who have kind of disordered eating and want to improve their relationship with food. But I was wrong in that even that is not specific enough. And so when I was hit with the question of what does your ideal client really want? And when I started to think about there's so many phases of the food freedom and the, you know, accepting the body journey, right? You know, someone could be at the very early stages of thinking about, you know, the non-diet approaches or someone could be, you know, pretty further along the way. And I, I hadn't thought about those differences before. And when I started to really think about my niche and my IC, I came to the realization that, you know, there was a lot of differences there. And it would make more sense for me to have the clearer I could think about where they are in their journey, not just with their, you know, difficulties, the clearer that I would be able to market and help my IC. And so I have to do a lot of work to really think about that. And I came to realize that my ideal client is not beginners in the food freedom journey. So they know, they actually do know what intuitive eating is. They know what health at every size is. They have the knowledge about it, but maybe they don't, they're still struggling with implementing it to their lives and they don't want to feel stuck in just having the knowledge. And so that's when, when they are seeking further help. And I love helping women when they are in that process because they are truly motivated to kind of move forward. And so that was a big moment, like an aha moment for me to know that, oh, not all food freedom clients and the market is going to be the same. Even then, there's such different ways that that your IC can be different, right? Whether they have a family or they're single or where they live, um, what kind of values they have. And another aspect of my ideal client was that they really feel impacted by the diet culture messages in many ways. And so there's a huge body piece too, of feeling that, you know, there's a lot of self-worth equated to the body. And so it's not just about the food, but how they see their bodies and how they want to improve their relationship with their bodies. And I think that also makes a difference, you know, further from people who are just focused on making peace with food. So those were some realizations I came to about my specific IC. Wow. Yeah. It is very clear that you've gotten way more specific from where you started. And so what ultimately allowed you to get this clarity on your ideal client and your niche? 
I don't think I could have done it by myself. Obviously, having the support and the coaching that I received was really important. I think it would have taken so much more time and a lot more trial and error to do that on my own. But to be asked these really specific questions to think about who I'm trying to help and who I want to help to get to this clarity was just so important and valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is really awesome how we can have other people ask us questions, force us to dig a little bit deeper than we maybe Mm -hmm. thought you know, we could do on our own. Absolutely. And so after getting this clarity and becoming a lot more specific, what changed in your business and marketing? Oh, so much. For one, I wasn't using social media as part of my marketing before. I had an Instagram handle, but just like a lot of other dietitians, I was creating a lot of content for myself. I hadn't really thought about it as a marketing tool. And most of my followers were other dietitians or maybe other practitioners in the food freedom kind of niche. And so I started to really look at Instagram specifically as a tool to market and Now that I've had a little bit more clarity with who I want to speak to and what type of clients I want to start to attract through this platform, I really focused, started to focus on creating specific posts and messages that speak to my ideal client. And, you know, I'm still figuring it out. I'm I'm not too further along, far along the process, but it has already become a lot more different than what it used to look like. Yeah. And do you feel like that marketing, that change in clarity in your marketing has helped grow your business or impacted the sales that you've been making? Absolutely. I was really surprised, you know, when I got my first discovery call request and it wasn't too far along um, after I started this process. So I think maybe it was three weeks in that I received my first discovery call request. And soon after that, I consistently be getting at least a few calls booked a week. And it's still not, you know, tremendously, it's not a high amount, but I was so surprised at how the people that I did get on calls with were really my ideal client. And that's a really exciting feeling to have the right person sitting in front of you, because at that point, it doesn't feel like sales and it really feels like a conversation. And so even though I'm still kind of working on, you know, there's some no-shows here and there, but when I do have the full discovery call, the rates that they convert into clients have been really high. It's been higher than I would say 80, 90%. And so it's feeling really good to know that the messages that I'm sending out are aligning with my ideal client and the people that do invest and reach out to book a call really do fit my niche. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure that's super validating to know that as you've been getting clearer and clearer and clearer, you've been able to really attract that ideal client that you want to work with. I think that's really amazing. And so kind of going off of that, you know, you said you, you just started using your Instagram to market and sell, you know, after starting this program. So tell us a little bit more about that process for you. About creating content for Instagram or marketing? On just using, using Instagram to market. Yeah. Using Instagram to market. So I'm trying to be really consistent in how I post. And so before, you know, I was posting very sporadically, not really having a clear message or even a clear goal. I didn't have a call to action in any of my posts because I wasn't really thinking about Instagram as a way to get business. And also because at that time I was more, my private practice was more of a brick and mortar. I actually had an office that I rented out from a local therapist uh, once a week. And it wasn't until COVID that I really started to see more clients via telehealth. And now I'm completely a virtual practice. I gave up on that office space. And then, so it started to make sense to not only try to get clients from locally, but 
anywhere really. And so with that motivation to attract more clients and, and broaden kind of my reach, I really felt more motivated to post consistently. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been posting at least, you know, five to seven times a week and trying to show up on stories and really kind of build that connection with my IC is because that's one of the most important things that I learned that we should be doing to build that, you know, no like and trust factor. And I'm really seeing that really makes a difference in how, who I attract, but also how I can engage and build these relationships and ultimately get, ultimately get clients from it. Yeah, absolutely. That engagement is super important. And like you said, the no like, and trust factor is something that we can build by using our social media. And so what tips would you give someone who's just starting out to build that no like, and trust factor? To show up. That I think is really the most important thing. And showing up means posting consistently, also showing up on stories. That was my biggest challenge. You know, I didn't really have much difficulty creating content ahead of time and trying to post at least once a day. But the fact of showing my face, that was a really big challenge, both in my posts and in my stories. And I understand now why that is such an important factor. And that was something, the fear that I needed to kind of get over. But I'm definitely feeling that um, the more I do it, the more comfortable it becomes. It still feels you know, a little bit glitchy. I feel still feel awkward. I still feel that, you know, I'm not doing my best when I'm recording myself, but you know, I'm not trying not to be too nitpicky about it. And I'll look at it once and I might cringe just a little bit, but then I'm like, you know what, it's good enough. I'm still going to post it. This is not about perfection. So just consistently being consistent at what, what I'm doing and continuing to throw my message out there, I think is the most important thing that anyone could do when they're just starting out. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that consistency is so much better than it being perfect. So now going off of that, you know, now let's talk more about that content creation process. What is your process for creating content for your Instagram? Yeah, so I have a sticky note to remind myself what I should have on every post. And it's, you know, is it speaking to my ideal client? Is, does it have a pain point? Does it have a clear outcome? Is it something really specific and have an emotional aspect to it? So I use Canva to kind of create content ahead of time. So I'll create maybe four to five posts at a time. And that way it's a lot more efficient than trying to do it every day or, you know, one at a time. And so I try to create that clear message through each post and schedule it through an app I use later. And I know that there's other ones too, where you can um, schedule your posts ahead of time. So I can do that for the whole week, which is great. And my least favorite part about creating content is writing captions. And I'm trying to, you know, get better at it by not being too wordy and not taking too much time doing it. So there's definitely an area that I'm still working on, but at least having an idea for when I'm going to be doing this and having um, a regular time of creating content and knowing that I have the next week taken care of by scheduling it ahead has been really helping me to be consistent. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great advice. I love that you have a sticky note so that way you can double check yourself as you create your content. That's a great way to make sure that you're being specific and clear for your ideal client. That's awesome. So what's been your biggest struggle with getting clients to convert from Instagram? That's something I'm still 
figuring out which is, you know, how do I get more ideal clients? And I'm trying to, you know, pace myself when I kind of think about that, because some weeks I feel like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting um, bookings for discovery calls and it feels good, but then I'm let down a little bit when clients don't show up and I'm hearing from, you know, other dietitian bosses that that's also part of the process. And as you get more clear and clearer, it's going to get better. And this is a, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a long race. So we shouldn't let every incident affect us. So I'm definitely working on mindset in that way. So I think mindset is one of the difficult ones, but also such an important aspect that I hadn't thought about before this program, because I think just having my own self-limiting beliefs really hindered um, my potential. And I think a lot of dietitians do in a really unfortunate way, because a lot of us come into this profession because we want to help people. And so did I, and we don't, it's not, our first thought is not about making money, but making money is so important. And so to be able to sustain what we do and to feel fulfilled in what we do. And that way, if we feel, feel fulfilled by doing what we do, we can help more people. And so I think really working on that mindset was really a big part and it's continues to be a struggle, right? But I'm getting better at it. And I, you know, have keeping reminding myself that if I get a couple discovery calls each week, and even if there's a week that one doesn't come through, that's okay, I'll just kind of keep going. So that has been one of the difficult pieces. Yeah, that I'm continuing to work on. I feel like I rambled a little bit there. No, no, (laughs) absolutely. That's really helpful. And I love that you've identified that it is a mindset shift for you. Because sometimes there's not a problem in what we're doing. It's just our mindset. And so I think that's a really important thing is to, is to shift our mindset to more of that growth mindset to keep us going even on those low weeks. Absolutely. That's really inspiring. And so, you know, in regard to getting those clients from Instagram, you have a really great conversion rate. So why don't you tell us a bit about your sales process and how do you approach sales now versus when you first started your business? Yeah, I think the biggest change in how I approach sales now is that I don't put that pressure on myself to sell every client because I've come to learn. And this is something that thankfully I was able to kind of learn throughout having a side private practice is that not every client is going to be the best fit and that's okay. And so not only when the client sits with you, the potential client sits with you, are they, you know, assessing us as, you know, is this person going to be the best person to help me? But we are also doing the same thing. Is this person going to fit my IC and fit the off my offers so that I can truly help them? And so having that mindset has really helped me not feel stressed about the sales process itself and really just able to treat the conversation like a conversation that I'm not trying to, you know, sell them anything up front and be really salesy about it. And so I just try to have, you know, make a human connection, hear them out, hear what their struggles are and explain my offer to see if it's a good fit. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it it has turned out that it was a good fit. So I think, you know, going in with that kind of an expectation has been helpful. Whereas in the beginning, when I first started my business, I felt, you know, every inquiry that I got, I felt the pressure to, oh, I need to, you know, sell this client. And that made me end up take clients that I later maybe didn't even enjoy working with. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love hearing how you said it. it's about making it a conversation, getting to know them. It, it makes it a lot less salesy when you approach it from that mindset. So that's really awesome. So you mentioned briefly, you know, your offer and offering it to them. So why don't you tell us a bit, 
what is your offer and how did you come to create this offer for your clients? Yeah. So my offer is a six week group program currently. And I, in this way, I kind of bypassed, you know, some of the steps in maybe the coaching program, but I knew when I came into this, that I wanted to grow my business. And I also knew that I didn't want to fill my limited time that I have in my private practice with one-on-one clients, because I had been doing that for a while already. And I actually had even done groups before, but just not consistently. So this, when I became a lot more motivated to grow my business, I was very uh, focused on doing groups. And so I started marketing for groups right away. And not only on Instagram, but with local referrals too, because as I learned in the program, a sales is a sales. It doesn't matter where it comes from as long as they fit my IC. And so that really helped me feel encouraged to to do my group program too, because I wasn't creating a group program from scratch. I already have the content and the process of how I, I would want to do it. And I think feeling confident in my content helped me feel confident when I was marketing on Instagram. And right after I started the program, I filled my group with five people last month. That was with a hybrid of mostly from local referrals, but then I started marketing for my September group, which actually starts today. So I'm super excited for my new group to start today. And I filled six spots, five of them that came from Instagram. So it feels like a really big accomplishment to know that this is something that people are in need of and that I can really help them with. And it happened pretty quickly, which I still can't believe and I'm really happy about. And it's giving me more kind of confidence to know that I can continue to do this. So helping people develop a healthier relationship with both food and body is what my program is about. And I think it really works well for this niche because often people feel really isolated working on these issues and the group support can be a really vital part of their healing journey. And I think that's an additional appeal to why people are drawn to this to group work in this area and why I felt really confident in, in starting a group program in this area. Yeah. Wow. That's really inspiring to hear. And I love to hear that you've transitioned into groups just because you knew that that's what you wanted. You had the one-to-one experience and you wanted to increase that accessibility and you practically filled a group completely from Instagram. So that is really exciting and really inspiring. Congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us, you know, a little bit about how much that has made you, how much money have you made from filling these group programs since starting? Yeah. So in my last month's group, um, I priced my group program at 450 and I got five clients from it. So what is that? A little less than $2,500 was my August sales, but I also had some, you know, one-on-one clients. So my private practice income from August was around $3,200, which is significantly more than what I did on average before that. Before that, maybe I did between a thousand to $1,500 a month because, you know, it was a one day a week kind of a side thing. So it's significantly more than that. And I'm so happy that in, did I say August? I meant to say July, but my income for the month of August for my September group that I'm just starting is closer to $4,200. So that's already another growth um, that happened in in a month. So I'm really happy about that. I increased my group rate to $4.99 per person. And so billing six clients for that and also having a few one-on-one clients on the side is where that income um, came from. And it, it feels really good. 
Yeah. Wow. That's really exciting. And I love that you've been able to expand off of your original private practice to grow in other ways. So that's really inspiring. So what is your next financial goal? My next financial goal would be first to do a 5k month, and then I would love to do a 7k month in the next six months. And so I, my hope is that down the road, I can fill two groups of six people each month. But for the rest of the year, my goal is to fill one group per month until I get there. Yeah, that's really awesome. You know, those milestones, you're, you're working on them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really great. So what advice would you give someone who is just starting out who's hearing your story right now, they're feeling inspired, but they, they don't know what to do? I think two things. So the first is that to work on your limiting beliefs that again, mindset is so important. And to not, you know, compare yourself to others to focus on what you want to do and to truly believe that you can do it. And this is obviously something that I'm continuing to work on too. And the second one would be that imperfect action is better than no action. I know that, you know, a lot of us are have perfectionistic tendencies, and we want, you know, everything in line aligned before we actually take action. But to start with small steps to just create, you know, an Instagram account, a professional account to start thinking about who your IC is and just starting create, start to create content and posts um, that speak to your IC and go from there. Absolutely. That's really great advice. So what is next for your business? So I would love to keep doing this group and eventually create kind of even a longer group. So maybe I'm an eight week or 12 week group program. I'd love to create a course, you know, somewhere down the road and possibly have kind of a hybrid offer of a group plus content. Those are some things that I have in mind right now. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. Absolutely. Love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Mia. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? You can find me at, on Instagram at foodbody.peace and my website is www.miaquan.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.